Tima. Okay, guys, welcome to this week's podcast. And each week, I really look forward to actually mapping this podcast. I, I've got my notes out in front of me. I'm ready to rock and roll. I am midway through my second coffee of the day to make sure that this is spicy, this is packed up, and this is fired up, ready to rock and roll. Now, we're going to go into some heated discussions in around body changes, and we're going to overcome a big, massive one that was highlighted this week inside the team with Sandy and having weight fluctuations, and we all have them. There are all times where we feel that we hit these frustration moments. And today, guys, we're going to go through everything big, small, stupid, and regarding to body changes as well. So the key topics we're going to talk about is weight fluctuations weight changes, body changes, insecurities around weight and insecurities in general, body requirements to change, the autoregulate, the poisonous carb mindset, the food conundrum and acceptance. A, this is a beefy podcast, to be honest, today. Um, and because they all interlink and they all uh, relate together. So today, guys, this is one you maybe listen to maybe a couple of times, you maybe not, um, but there'll be a lot of information for you to take away. And a lot of kind of just things you'll just actually just go, actually, that's why that happens. So you don't have to pay attention to everything. There'll be some key actions for you to take away. But on that, guys, let's get ready and let's learn about all this fluctuation. Of course, we have a bit of, uh, have a, bit of a cheesy... Lux block party link there. But guys, just before we start, I've actually just had a sip of my coffee there and it is 9,000 degrees. Um, it is the hottest cup of coffee I've ever had in my life. But see when it comes to it, actually, the first person who ever had coffee, how did they know that the boiling water and putting this boiling liquid in their mouth was going to be good? Anyway, right guys, weight fluctuations. As you can tell, this coffee is really hitting home. Weight fluctuations. This podcast might be interesting. So weight fluctuations. So weight fluctuations is when we go through those periods of times where... Um, we hit those moments where weight goes up a day, maybe it comes down a day, it goes up and down, up and down, and it almost looks like an average, it's hitting a, uh, almost a plateau, but it's just going up and down, and it's really frustrating. You feel like you're doing everything right, yet weight goes up. And there could be a number of reasons for this. And I wanna share with you some of the normal reasons that weight fluctuations happen. Number one is intestinal weight, okay? So what I mean by intestinal weight is, when you eat food, it just doesn't suddenly become weightless, okay? It's still in us. If you drink nine gallons of water, that nine gallons of water of weight is going to be in you, okay? So sometimes whenever we have certain foods that we don't digest as fast as others, it can still be in us. This can often be the case if we've maybe had things like our takeaways, if we've had uh, kind of quite heavy meals the night before, um, if we've had like a, maybe a food that we really struggle to digest, Intestinal weight is massive because we obviously we can't really measure that because it's just based on your digestive tract. But intestinal weight is one reason that we may have an increase in a, a fluctuation in weight. 
Next up is stress. Guys, I emphasize this all the time. What are you doing for fun? And there's a reason for it, okay? Because your body's physical capabilities to digest, to uh, burn fat, okay, to optimize your fitness levels. If you are stressed out because you're running ragged all the time, your sleep's all over the place, and again, these are some of the other things, it just means that you're not optimizing your body and it causes it to uh, have uh, inflammation, okay, and water retention. So think about it. If you bump your elbow, and you it becomes swollen, okay? If you bump your body because it's stressed out, working from pillar to pose, being busy all the time, and you're not really got any kind of org like organization, it then becomes stressed, okay? And when we have stress, we have high levels of cortisol. We crave other foods. We crave sugary foods to get energy, crave more coffee. And pretty much what ends up happening is we don't really hit any momentum. So stress itself, okay, is a massive contributor towards weight fluctuation, which is why taking time for you, and I've got a big writing here in front of me, slow. I need to make sure I speak slow today. Um, the next one is struggling to digest foods. Okay, so we're talking about intestinal weight, but the actual struggling to digest certain foods. Now, for some people, they'll maybe struggle to digest foods that are um, that almost IBS-y, okay? So they're kind of like, they, they, they notice a bit of bloat, okay? Or it could be that they've just got a bit of an intolerance, okay? And it will cause, again, inflammation. But on that, there's certain foods that tend to uh, take a little bit longer to get out of the system, okay? And one of the big, most common ones, and this is builds up a really negative relationship with carbohydrates, is carbs in general, okay? If you think about it, if you have pasta, okay? You cook pasta by boiling it in water. It comes out heavier. You put rice in boiling water. It comes out heavier, okay? You put bread into water. It comes out heavier, okay? Exactly the same happens inside your body, okay? So if we have certain foods, sometimes we will have those infl inflammation, uh, these fluctuations. That is not you're putting on weight and that is not that they're bad, okay? Before people take this information and run and say they're bad. No, that's not the case. It just means there's water retention with them, okay? And we're going to be talking all about this and we're going to talk a little bit about poisonous carbohydrate mindset and uh, making sure that we don't take one piece of information and run ahead with it. We're going to make sure that we're really clear. Next up is obviously menstrual cycle. Okay, obviously for men, we don't have a menstrual cycle, but menstrual cycle has a massive re like, fluctuation. So you might have like a heavy, heavy week. You might have a light week. Um, another really, really common reason, and this is uh, one that's really important people take on board is for accountability, is inaccurate tracking. The more you guesstimate, the less accurate. It's like saying, how far is the drive to X? And you're like, it's 10 miles, but it's actually 10.5 miles. Okay, if somebody drove 10 miles and they listened to you literally, they would be short. If you said somebody 10 miles and it's actually eight miles, they would drive two miles too far, okay? So inaccurate tracking is a really important one. That's why weighing food, and that's why if you put it into MyFitnessPal first, it's actually a lot easier than trying to weigh things out and then find out how much it is, okay? So put it into MyFitnessPal first, you get the actual how much you should have of things. Um, another one is overestimating your activity level. If you're not tracking your activity level, as in i.e. your daily steps or your training, okay, people overestimate it. They think, I'm really active, but actually when you track it, we're not very active. And if the big problem when we're not very active or we're not as active as we like we uh, we feel at our best because we estimate it, it can have a serious effect on our mental health as well. So if we're not moving as much as we feel we should, okay, or like especially your daily steps, if your daily steps are starting to slip like below 5K, that doesn't matter if you're in a calorie surplus or your calorie deficit, 
what you'll notice is there's certain things that kind of trigger because your body's not moving. The endorphins aren't flowing as much. So overestimating how much you move is exactly how we actually have weight fluctuations that actually don't work for us. And it's how we build up a negative relationship with our food from the get go is because we overestimate how much we do, which is again, why you don't have to have death by tracking your steps and things like this, but it's actually just every now and again, having a moment where we're going actually, I just need to up the game in my activity level at points. And then finally, overtraining. So overtraining is where we're doing so much training. Now, don't get me wrong. You can increase the volume of training sessions you do across the week. But overtraining is when you are training and then you're starting to see yourself get unfit because you're so tired and exhausted. Again, it's causing like that uh, stress in the body. So we just have inflammation. After your training sessions, after an intense training session, your body will be inflamed. Okay, There will be high levels of water retention. So it will be heavier after a training session. Okay. So weight fluctuations happen for a number of reasons. And these are not things that we should be like, oh, my progress hasn't happened this week because these are how your body works. The only way that we could beat that is if we our body didn't work. And I'm pretty sure we don't want that. Okay. So, I mean, I'm, I, I'm going to say that we don't want that. Okay. Um, because we've got a completely different load of problems on that side of things. But weight change is something completely different. Weight fluctuations happen because of so many different reasons. And that's why we want to have as much kind of like structure orientated and routine that helps with that because routine is how you get results, okay? Consistency and routine. If you're winging it on a day-to-day basis, it's going to be stressful, it's going to be exhausting, and it's going to be 10 times harder, okay? So what we want to do is we want to have a bit of routine around it, okay? So that's why building an engine, how many train sessions are you getting in a week? Your daily steps, how many can you sustain? So we can, like, and then your uh, calorie target. Because then what we can then do is we can always accelerate it, but we always have this base engine, which is achievable. Now, let's talk about, about weight change, okay? Weight change is a consistency with this engine we're saying there, okay? It's hitting your daily steps. It's training X number of times per week, okay? Now, if you think about it, this is fueled by your calories, okay? Now, when you're trying to uh, burn fat, okay, we create a calorie deficit. If you create too big a calorie deficit, what happens is it's not enough energy for you to stick to your steps, stick to your training sessions. So what we want to do is we want to have enough energy coming in so that we can accelerate and that's where it's like, you're, what are the variables we need to push? How can we maybe help you step forward in just a little bit? And from there, what we then do is it's focusing on, right, what is it we need? Now, to make a body change, okay, because weight change and fat loss are two different things. And if you've not checked out the fat loss essentials, I highly recommend you go and check that out because it really does des- uh, describe this in a big, uh, in a big focus point. But for us to see changes in our body, we've got to have our strength training, our daily steps, and our calorie adherence, okay? And we then add in our cardio, it just helps build that engine. But when it comes to nutrition, protein is a massive area. Now, we, we want to drive this, okay? And the number one struggle so many people have is actually attaining a protein level, okay? Because they, fill, they base their plate on fullness rather than nutrition, uh, because the nutri- nutrients that comes from your food choices, like what this is what we want to build, the nutritiousness. Because I actually realized that I was malnourished for years because I just went for fullness rather than actually nourishment. Okay. And there's a big difference. And when it comes down to it, like 
my golden rule that's always helped me since I actually started to realize of building up that relationship with with my food was how could I up my uh, my protein targets? Because like if I'm up in my training, it's only fair that I up my protein targets. Why? Because what I need to understand is I'm actually putting more pressure on my muscles to recover. So sometimes what I actually do is if I'm looking to kind of like progress my training, what I do is I actually progress my protein goal, even if I've got like maybe like 180 grams as my kind of starting point, and I'm actually wanting to push the intensity of my training, I'll maybe make that 190 to 200, 220 grams of protein per day because I want to repair faster. Now I stick to this for a period of time. If I need to change something, I then tweak it based on that. So if I say suddenly notice that my energy is a little bit low, okay, well, that's telling me that actually something's not quite there, or I feel like I'm getting the results really, really good. My energy levels are fine. That's perfect. I'm actually in a really good place. It's about what can we sustain? If my energy levels aren't there, then I need to make changes somewhere else, okay? And that might be that I need to bring in more carbohydrate so that I might need to grow my calories just a little bit because the fitter you get, the more demands. Think about it. If you get a more powerful car engine, the more petrol it's going to guzzle. So we want to grow our calories in time, okay? So what we want to do is see how can we get this? And the biggest uh, problem I faced when it was coming to change my body, now, for those of you who don't know, like I went from 69 kilos um, and thinking that I ruled the world and I knew everything in the world um, and being a pretty vulnerable place, I was... Uh, I went to uni, I was depressed, I was anxious, I didn't speak to anybody about how I felt. I went through the worst uh, family breakup and I ran and hid to uni and put on this egotistical face of, I am freaking awesome. And uh, I wasn't happy with it. Like I just drank all the time, I partied all the time and I just played sports and I felt really vulnerable going to the gym, to be honest. I went to the gym and I didn't really lift weights because um, I wasn't. I didn't want to look weak. I just really didn't want to look weak. I thought weak, looking weak was feeble. And then, obviously, I had my my injury where I spent three years in crutches, and that was horrific, and it didn't help anything in mindset matters. And then going through that change, um, I started to kind of like rescope my life a wee bit, okay? And it took me a long time, to be honest, to kind of start to build the, the fundamentals. But I then became, started to pack on some size. But what I did was just eat everything in sight. I didn't actually up my protein levels too much because I didn't know enough about it. What I did was I just ate loads and I ate more carbohydrates and I had high, high, low energy, high, low energy, high, low energy. And I just kind of constantly fluctuated. And the more I ate, the bigger I got. And at one point, I just didn't feel great about how I looked. I looked a bit like a, a bit solid arms in a barrel. So I didn't really like that. So then I learned how to actually taper back. So like changing your body happens because you actually, there's mistakes to be made. And my, my job here is to help minimize the volume of mistakes that we make okay to help you accelerate into the best way okay but the thing is on that weight change happens because we're consistent we're consistent with how we move forward and that's what your plan's all about helping you build up that consistency and a healthier way of living because the big problem that in coaching that i see is actually a lot of people have been malnourished for years and then they find it hard to stick to a different way of eating because actually the way that they're used to eating is actually eating for fullness rather than nourishment and then fullness because they're nourished. Like there's a big difference. Taking a moment just to see food's not just about what can you put on a plate. The big, like an example of like an old meal I used to have, a massive bowl of pasta and a bit of meat in it. Whereas now, how much meat do I need to have to have like to hit my, my protein goal? And then the rest of my meals based on my bowl of, pa- a bowl of pasta. 
I'm never ever said to myself, I'm going to have a chicken, uh, a bowl of chicken and some pasta. Okay. But I always have some chicken pasta, like some, a big bowl of pasta and some chicken. The thing, like that was a big learning curve for myself. And that was like one of the biggest things that actually helped me because I had these fluctuations where I just felt really loaded on what, like, and I just felt like I wasn't lean. I, I didn't feel like I was like looking confident in my body because it was just all this kind of like, it wasn't toned. It was just, it, it, to be honest, it didn't feel great. And it was all because I didn't really understand the t difference in what I was actually doing. I was just kind of running with it. And that's when it comes down to making changes in your body, okay, is that actually this understanding of how to nourish yourself, and we're going to go through this today, okay, but how to nourish yourself and plate up a meal that is actually for nourishment and fullness rather than just fullness, okay? Again, things like having like your, like a pizza night, a pizza night is not a nourishing meal. It's a meal that we all enjoy. So the big problem is, yeah, it can fit your calories. And you hear so many people say, but it fits my calories. But here's the thing. If it's not nourishing, then what's going to happen is you're just going to have a high volume of energy for a period of time, big, massive come down, and mental mi mindset is going to wander, which is why sometimes what we've got to do is actually focus on the nourishment. And then every now and again, we have these meals that we actually just enjoy chilling out. Like we enjoy pizza as well, like everybody but it's not our main meals we have every single night. What we have to do is have that focus and have that ownership and that responsibility because that responsibility is on you. Of, all right, I respect my own body because when it comes to body changes, body changes are about pushing the levels you want to achieve, okay? And the achievement isn't you stepping onto the scales. That's not an achievement, okay? Stepping onto the scales is not the achievement. The achievement is in what you do each week to achieve changes, okay? And a representation on that may be the scales if that's a focus point. It may be your body changes. The reason that we track scales, okay, is because you're not gonna see the difference in your body from week one to week two, week one to week three, week one to week four. You maybe see it around maybe week one to week six, you'll see such changes. Areas that take a little bit longer to see changes is in your abdomen, okay? That is where we store a lot of our water retention, okay? And it's most frustrating because it's where a lot of people look for. And again, we're going to be talking about uh, the, like body changes and insecurities around these kind of areas because it's a lot where a lot of people are insecure about. But when it comes down to making changes, okay, your weight is kind of like an area that we can use. It's almost like a micro marker. We want to see kind of like these changes. And if we're uh, these fluctuations happen because the actions we have in the background, that's where we can get lost and confused. So what we want to do is actually see the momentum shift in all areas. So that's why tracking your weights is a great thing for you to do because you see yourself getting fitter. Like tracking your steps. Okay, are we actually moving enough? Okay, are we actually moving enough? Do we have to add in a little bit of cardio to actually get us moving just a little bit more? And this is where the body change comes in because the stepping on the scales element isn't an achievement. It's not like on, if you think about it, it's like, Usain Bolt didn't want to step on the scales for the world record. He, he wanted to run the world record 100 meters. The fulfillment isn't actually on kind of like one action. It's on the thing that actually you remember of doing. And changes is what we, the changes in what we make. And what we want to do is prioritize the changes that help us get there. Like, and that's where the fulfillment factor comes into play and the representation on certain areas. And yes, it can be frustrating when scales don't go in that way, but that's not the achievement marker, okay? That's just, um, that's a tracking marker, okay? It tells us a little bit of data, whether we maybe need to push just a little bit harder or something's maybe like not quite right. Are we in a fluctuation point? Do we need to do something a little bit different? It is literally a marker and it's not gonna be linear, okay? It is 
very much not going to be linear. And the more we're resistant towards these kind of things, what then happens is we think that we've completed it. Okay, I should be. I'm entitled to this. And actually what is, like, information is just telling us, actually, sometimes we need to push just a little bit more. Like sometimes we have to earn that extra pound off and it's harder to get that extra pound off. Sometimes we actually have to realize, actually, we're maybe playing too safe and we actually have to do a little bit more to actually make the momentum shift. So if we look at what caps you, okay, and what's holding you back, and it's just being honest, uh, like with you personally, and just going, right, where am I actually struggling to kind of hold on to? Because if you think about it is uh, your steps, your training and your nutrition, like if we look at it, we want to, we don't want to be perfect in all of these. We just want to go from worse to better and building an engine that can get one pound off and just have that as a repeatable process. If you want to um, go for two pounds, you turn one of the steps, training or nutrition, you turn one of them up and you go a little bit more aggressive. You might be a little bit more aggressive with your nutrition. You might be a little bit more aggressive with your training. You might be a little bit more aggressive with your steps. You turn one of them up and then if that gets two pounds off, amazing. If it doesn't, we turn another one up. And then we turn another one up and then that helps us just turn up. But what we do, do is we build an engine and it's that, that drive because the goal of training is to get fitter is to get stronger okay and when it comes down to like change, transforming your body okay the the focus point of in your training is still to go get fitter and stronger and a really good mindset is can i do one more okay because a lot of the time we'll maybe see like you've got maybe 10 reps 12 reps maybe 25 reps okay but you think about it as the end goal, it seems miles away, okay? But see whenever that weight's challenging, okay? Just before you go to that next rep, I want you just to have a wee moment, pause and just go, can I do one more? Can I do one more? Because one more is achievable, okay? One more is all achievable because when your body's tired, that's where your, your fitness levels elevate, okay? It's actually, can I do one more? Can I do one more? And like a rule that I always live by is like, I want to be fighting for the last three reps of my sets. If I'm not fighting for the last three th reps of my sets, then it's, the weight's too light, okay? If I'm fighting for the, like from set one and I'm finding it really hard to do like rep one, it's too heavy, okay? So it doesn't matter if the reps are 10 reps, I want to be fighting for eight, nine, 10. If it's five reps, three, four, five. If it's 25 reps, 23, 24, 25, okay? I want to be fighting for the last three reps. And my, like, I, literally, so my body's working. Because when it comes down to making changes in your body, we've got to give your body a reason to change. And that's where fitness is in its element. And that's where, like, getting curious about what are you capable of? That fulfillment factor. And when it comes down to this week, this is one of the things they're talking about, just what happened with Sandy this week, is weight went up a little bit with Sandy. And he was a little bit frustrated because um he'd been doing everything in the back like before like he was before christmas and this wee weight influx, fluctuation went and he was a little bit frustrated by it so whenever we get frustrated naturally the natural kind of instinct is to kind of like let's do something that's just going to push it just a little bit okay and when you're like we're going to push it a little bit and what sandy did was um he took a meal out and what happened was he started having what's called a hypo low blood sugar he was felt dizzy, lethargic, can't be asked. His training started to go down the pan. And that's not training to get fitter, okay? And when we get lost trying to, like, like to have the achievement on the scales versus the achievement in your training, what happens is we'll maybe go to drastic measures that actually don't work in line with actually the full purpose of training, which is to get fitter, which means the long-term aspect of you achieving is capped because all that's going to happen is you're going to get more and more lethargic 
where actually what we should be doing is stepping up the gears. So like, I know that it may sometimes feel like actually, but I just want to get this weight off and the drop in calories action is the kind of thing to do. But if you think about it, if your energy levels are low and we've not got that energy levels in, dropping your energy intake isn't going to help with that. It's looking at the other areas, which is why growing your steps is one of the first things I always introduce people to do because it's if you push your step count, it's a low invasive way for you to actually push things, okay? And it doesn't actually require a lot more energy. Like growing your step count over dropping your calories, okay? And from there, adding a little bit of cardio, like zone two cardio into your set. And if that doesn't work, then that's when we would look at going, right, well, maybe we should just drop our calories X amount. And there's certain ways and strategies. But again, when it comes to body changes, every single person is different, okay? And it's the the right strategy for yourself, the right tactic, which is why, again, a lot of people struggle because everybody's got an opinion on certain things we should do, comparisons and whatnot. And it's actually take a moment, what do you personally need? Because when we look at it, there's Sandy. Sandy works offshore. And I say to Sandy, right, we're going to grow your step count. And Sandy's like, I walk around this rig all day, every day. I'm literally surrounded by the sea. There's nowhere else I can walk. And growing step counts is actually quite a challenge. So therefore, it's looking, going, right, what could we do differently? And like that's where it's maybe looking at like Sandy's program is a bit more about cardio, a bit more repetition-based. Let's get higher volumes of repetitions. And, and rather than just kind of like, bastardizing things it's actually what do does sandy need okay coach a person not just a process so if you're ever unsure we hit one of these weight fluctuations guys okay this is where you step up and you ask rather than kind of go oh i'm just frustrated because if we just get frustrated we'll wing it and what sandy did was old strategies old tactics that got him stuck in the first place so we're stepping forward and this is where I'm going to talk a little bit about insecurities around weight, okay? Because insecurities around weight is like a massive, massive topic and insecurities in general. And let's start off with insecurities in general. Insecurities are what people try and avoid talking about and they often have a protective mechanism to overcompensate that, okay? So a lot of the time, people are insecure around their weight, but actually they're insecure around their body and a protective mechanism is saying that they're trying to lose weight, okay? So the insecurity around the body, if you want to see changes in your body, okay, the big thing is we've got to track our body changes. Okay, so if we're wanting to see the changes, the first thing we've got to do is make sure that we are doing the things that actually help you track the body changes. Yes, the hardest step is always step one. Okay, taking that progress picture, uploading that progress picture, feeling a little bit uncomfortable, but that's you stepping forward. You've done the hardest rep. Because what you've then got is your ability to step forward. If you're holding yourself back by never taking that first step, what will happen is you'll find it always challenging because the insecurity is the protective mechanism of, is my weight changing? Okay. So when it comes to making changes, insecure, overcoming insecurities, that is literally just taking a moment and going, right, well, what am I being insecure about? Okay. And I'm going to share with you a multiple of insecurities I have here. Just be open, honest, and transparent and vulnerable. So uh, insecurity, number one, okay? I hate the feeling of feeling weak, okay? I do not like it. I do not like the feeling of feeling weak, okay? Um, I do not, insecurity number two, I do not like uh, being talked down to. Like, I, like I, I feel like everybody's on an equal. I don't really, I feel insecure when people talk to, down to me. I feel like really like, 
why are you talking down to me? I don't, I feel insecure. Like it literally makes me feel like I treat everybody equal. Why are you talking down to me? And it just makes me feel really like I, I go quite sheepish at points. Uh, whenever I feel somebody's trying to talk down to me, um, I'm a lot better now because I face these insecurities head on. Um, insecurity uh, number three is I don't like people feeling left out. Like I really am insecure about if people are finding it hard to do things, I find it really hard to not. And that's why you maybe see like there's so many different tools to help help you. But I really don't like it. I never leave a man behind. Never, ever, ever, ever. Like or, or behind. Like never leave a person behind. You know, okay? Because I don't like it. Like, I, I really don't like it. Uh, insecurity number four. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to be happier with my body. And that's not how it looks. It's because what I want is I want to always kind of look to stepping forward. Like when you spend, like when you get something robbed of you, okay. And you feel like you want to be somewhere and you don't feel like you are there. Um, it's frustrating. Okay. And take it out of context. That might be, you used to be able to do certain things and you feel like you can't now. Okay. I, when I was in crutches, I lost three years of my life of doing everything I loved. I was sport through and through. I watched from the sideline. I was coaching other people. Well, actually, I never missed a training session for my football team, um, even when I was in crutches, because I wanted to be part. And I actually coached people to take my position, which was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, because I was like, I'm coaching you to do something I can't do. And I really, it really hit me for six. And that's where now I coach things that I know that I can do. And it's my choice. And it's like, when it comes down to it, I'm never, ever, ever going to put myself in that position Okay, because I know how it feels when you feel like you're watching from the sideline and you're never really making that momentum because you feel guilty, you feel sad, you feel frustrated, you feel held back. But it's actually what we're doing is we just need to realign the, the, the boundaries, make a plan of action, have a routine that actually helps you have that. So there's a lot of like everybody has insecurities and weight is a big, massive one. OK, and overcoming this is uh, it's all about asking how to step forward in this and see when it comes to making changes. OK. When we are faced with insecurities, okay, and if we don't overcome these, what we have is comfort habits, okay? And over time, these lead to self-sabotaging, okay? Because if we go down the road, what we've got is um, we've got the player, okay? The mentality of the player who's like on it. Yeah, everything goes their way. Next up, we've got the spectator. The spectator does some things, but they actually like to hide in the distance. You maybe see this, maybe people who are like, acing it in a class and then some people like to just go in the background and just lift the same weight they've always lifted okay they like the feel good factor but not really commit to everything if you leave that that's a comfort habit if you don't let that person become a player and give them that opportunity to be their best what happens is they go into this victim mentality i can't do this when stressed i can't do this I, i'm just i'm i'm struggling and then what happens is we become a terrorist where we're looking to just fuck shit up, to be honest. Um, and it's just like, we're just going to absolute rage. We're going to binge, okay? And if that's just what happens when we don't take on this insecurity. And what we've got to do is actually get clear on what is the insecurity we're, uh, we're needing to step forward with. Because when it comes to like moments we feel tired, exhausted, stressed out, if we don't have track of where your goal is and overcome and really work on this insecurity, this exposure level, okay, then what's going to happen is we always follow the same trend. So what we've got to do is help step forward and lean in. And whenever a weight fluctuation happens, okay, if the insecurity is around how our body changes and we're finding it frustrating, 
then what we've got to do is lean into the things that help it move forward, okay? So a lot of the time, when it comes down to body changes, I like, I, sometimes what can happen is leaning into kind of like we see, wanting to see weight change is actually playing it safe because it's like, ah, this didn't change this week. But actually, if we look at the things that actually drive that, what did we change around our food? What did we change around our steps? What did we change around our training? Okay, because these are uncomfortable. And if we didn't push these, then we're not going to see the changes in this like protection zone that we're seeing, we're, we're making. So what we've got to do is actually drive things forward. Now, one of the reasons that we may have like certain insecurities is because we associate body uh, set weights with a previous body. But weight doesn't represent body composition like we explained in our fat loss essentials. Uh, what we've got to see is actually your momentum shift, which is why all these different progress markers across the week, your training, your steps, uh, your um, body pictures, we're tracking your body, okay? They're tracking your your trans your transformation, okay? And it's that's why checking in is like a really important. How are you feeling? Because when it comes to overcoming these insecurities, we are going into places where we don't feel comfortable, and a lot of the time, people don't like feel feel comfortable with how they map out their week. They just kind of get by with it. They don't take the time to map out their week because it's actually overwhelming, and they're actually insecure about say, take, saying to people taking time for themselves. Actually, I find it really hard, but I'm actually really struggling to get this time for me. Like, so when it comes down to it, what we've got to do is in times that we feel insecure or things that make us feel insecure or the things that are actually the driving force for us wanting to see a change, these insecurities, like it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you're somebody who's really on it and you're driving forward. We look at these moments where we have those insecurities because we all have them. Like it doesn't matter if it's stress, it's overwhelm, how you deal with stress. It doesn't matter if it's how you feel overcoming these okay what we've got to do is we've got to prioritize you rather than protect okay when we protect all we're doing is we're tolerating this insecurity and we're growing it okay until it overwhelms us and then we go down this road because we're what we're doing is we're spectating rather than being the player what we want to do is drive you up so that you're taking this head on and one of the biggest lessons i've learned in my entire body change um was to literally be okay with things not always going your way. Because when it comes to it, you either win or you learn. And if you're frustrated about learning, you're going to be frustrated with every single progress you make because you spend 90% of the time learning, 10% of the time winning. Because if we won every single day, there would never, ever be any problems in life. Okay. So what we've got to do is actually see that every time faced with a problem, we need to apply the solution in there. Okay, so it's actually given us the steps. It's given us the information of actually this is where we need to apply it. Yes, it can be frustrating, but what we've got to do is have the fulfillment in driving you forward. And that's the fulfillment in actually getting fitter, getting stronger, uh, getting the fulfillment of feeling more energized, the fulfillment of doing more with your day, the fulfillment with taking, having boundaries, the fulfillment with um, and having a really good relationship with your food. And this is where I'm going to talk again when it comes to body changes okay and this is kind of like the biggest thing that actually transitioned my body um and it was accepting like again an insecurity i had was people not like i since i was a young youngster i didn't like kind of not feeling like i knew what to do and it took a lot for me to actually overcome this especially in a food choice because actually um, when I went through my initial change, 
uh, and I had somebody helping me. Um, to be honest, the initial change was a lot harder than what it should have been because the person to help me didn't really know what they were doing, but they helped me because they were really drove me. But the food, thing with food is they asked me for a food diary and I was really insecure about what I was eating because I didn't want to feel judged about it. So I just uh, I pretended that I just forgot. And what actually happened was when I actually started to actually accept the help and be coachable on the side, I realized um, that I was protecting myself in certain areas because I knew that I needed to make changes. And the thing was, uh, the biggest lesson I learned was that I had a really bad relationship with my food. Um, and the relationship I had with my food was I actually just moved so much that I didn't pay attention to what I ate. I just wolfed it down. I just didn't really pay attention to what was in it. And am I actually getting nourished? And this is where jumping into the poisonous carb mindset. Okay. Because the big thing that in training that you'll find is you're going to have a high demand of energy. And when I was younger, I was always just told, oh, eat, eat, eat everything you can, eat it all so you can grow up and be bigger, strong. Okay. So I did eat everything. Like literally, I, I was a picky eater to start off with, but I've always had a sweet tooth. And since that day, it's like I went to cafes, like to have cakes all day, I'd eat meals out. Okay. I'd just go and grab everything. And again, like I used the analogy earlier on, I had a massive bowl of pasta and some meat into it, okay? And when I started to track my food, what I realized was my protein levels were astronomically low. And when I first started, I, I was asked to up my protein intake and I found it near impossible because I was like so full. But it was because I wasn't relinquishing the fact that I really just enjoyed my carbohydrates because actually whenever I had a moment, a bout of low energy, I just jumped into what was convenient, which was breads, uh, breads, pastries, um, cereal bars, just because they were there. And I was wondering why I'm feeling quite chunky and my, my torso. I was just like, I didn't really feel comfortable with my body. And this is, again, where people often say that carbs are bad, but it's not. It's because actually when we are looking for something that's convenient, we often just go for something that's just quick and easy, which could be like things like a pizza, which can be things like our bagels. It can be things like um, our even just launching together some filled pasta. Okay. The reason that these are all like, the, the pro this is why this is the problem is actually, if you look at all these things, they're quite convenient and relatively cheap, but also at the same time, there's not a lot of protein in them. And what I was struggling to do was get my protein levels up, which is where I like I struggled for years because all I had was high volumes of water retention. I had a solid frame behind me, but you couldn't see it because I just I was covered. I was literally just protected by just like almost like a fluff layer. And uh, your body's natural habit, okay, is to crave energy crave energy like it wants energy so when it comes to it if you're tired you're exhausted it wants energy so what's its go-to foods the carbohydrate sources okay so when it comes down to making changes the best lesson i ever learned was how to actually plate up a nutritious meal i chased feeling full and i didn't really know where my limit was i just kept on eating okay and the plate was so big i'd still eat it okay but when I learned how to plate up a nutritious meal, things changed because I actually 
knew what feeling full was through nutrients and how great energy actually felt. And you could almost want to bottle it up. Why? Because you just feel like almost like you're radiating energy. You're like, literally, you're just, your eyes just feel like they're like lasers because you feel so good. And uh, maybe not lasers, but that's that coffee talking. But how to plate up a really good plate of food. Okay, so pretty much the thing that I learned was that actually I was malnourished in my protein. So my body repair was really poor which meant that I was taking days to recover and I was just battering it out with energy and I was just felt really crap about myself, felt insecure because I was weak and I was holding myself back because my recovery wasn't great. So what I learned to do was plate up my protein source so that it hit its protein targets first in my meal. That was my main component of my meal. Then making sure that I have two or three portions of fruit and veg in each meal. The reason for that is to make sure that my gut health was working at its optimum, okay? And this was the biggest lesson that I ever learned, okay? The rest of your meal is built with the remaining components or the the remaining calories, okay? If I wanted something sweet, I would use these calories for something sweet afterwards. So if I have 500 calories, I've used up 300 for my protein and my fruit and veg, I've got 200 calories left, okay, and I want something sweet, I would use 100 of that for the meal, and I would have 100 calories for something sweet. And to buffer the meal out, I would just add more veg to it to make sure that I was full, okay? And this here was a massive transition because what then happened was I actually started to have more energy, I recovered faster, and I was getting more and more uh, opportunities for me to push my levels of fitness. And the poisonous carb mindset is when people see that they're actually having to up their protein intake, what they realize is that actually they naturally tend to lean towards a lot of carbohydrates um, as a kind of like their go-to foods. Because whenever you're tired, whenever you're exhausted, they're convenient, they're easy, which is why meal prepping is a great way for us to overcome this. Because if you make, for example, a simple rollover, one extra portion of your dinner and carry it over for the next day, that temptation of, oh, I just can't be bothered making anything up, oh, but something's already ready for me, makes it so much easier. And whenever you have high volumes of stress and cortisol through, like, pulsing through you, you crave sugar. If you've given yourself an allowance because you've like built your meal and you've got like 100 extra calories or 200 extra calories, so however much you've saved, what then happens is you actually, you can have these kind of things. But what I would say is if you're wanting something sweet, have something nutritious and something sweet later. Make that a habit. Don't have something sweet and then something nutritious. Always go nutritious, then something sweet. Okay. The reason because it means that you will feel full. I feel like something sweet just makes me feel like that little something, something um, makes me feel full afterwards. Okay. Um, but on that as well, as Remember I was talking about actually having balance, okay? Now, you have build that main construction of your meals out of that, okay? You will hit your body changes, okay? It's whenever we have our down days, okay? The days where we just want to have a little bit more flex, the days that we're a bit more social. Then what then happens is actually you're making things, you're just allowing yourself a little bit more flex and freedom, okay? You're just going, right, okay, we've got a couple extra calories, right? What is it you actually want with your food? Okay, because a lot of the time people say, like, I actually want a takeaway. Well, actually, what I realized was I actually really like going out for a meal. So having a takeaway and sitting in front of the TV versus actually going out for a meal. 
I really enjoy going out for a meal, taking time just to kind of go out for a meal. And like the reason I enjoyed that was because I was getting experience, the experience of kind of just going out, doing something nice, getting dressed up nice, feeling good versus actually sitting on my sofa and just feeling like I'm in my comfies. Like that was a big shift. Like I really enjoyed that. And like, I think that's probably a big thing is actually, what is it you're wanting to do with your extra calories? Like make it worthwhile, have something you enjoy. Okay. Maybe you're actually having like a, a night where you just actually want maybe have a wee drink or something like that. That's fine as well. You're just allowing yourself to have that. And like, that's like a big, a big learning point was actually how to actually enjoy. Because the thing, when I actually took the time to actually enjoy what I was cooking, I'm not afraid to cock up a meal. I actually quite enjoy trying to introduce new flavors into meals. But the biggest mistake people often make is try and bring in so much variability and having different meals every single night of the week. And it puts so much pressure on you. If you try and cook 365 different meals in a year, that is so hard. To, in fact, 365 different meals, and then you're having that times three because you're having a different breakfast, different lunch, different dinner. It's so hard. They like simplify it. Okay. It's okay to have similar meals or really simple meals across the week. If you find nutrition quite hard at points, make it really easy for yourself and make it simple meals that you actually really enjoy. Maybe you're having like the similar meal for three weeks. Why? Because you just find it really easy because you've got a really busy schedule and it's something you really enjoy until you actually come up with a new one. And then you're just going, right, okay, maybe every odd night you're having chili or something like that. So when it comes down to it, make things easy for yourself because like there is a conundrum around food. Is If your calories are lower, okay, there's a want and desire for luxurious foods that are dense in calories the like kind of like your chocolates your booze your cakes and things like this we want these because we are, we are human and we love them and they taste great but at the detriment of us and our nutrition and our nutrients side okay and if we don't fuel our nutritious nutrition nutritious side then the cost is our gut health and if our gut health is poor our mindset is poor our energy levels are poor so we crave these sugary quick fixes so what we've got to do is actually normalize that this is getting our nutritious nutritious in and value having these balance like these luxurious options and when people say it's really restrictive it's because they don't have a balance because they don't value the nutritious side as something that actually drives up their energy because they value the luxuries over having that drive in your energy which is your day-to-day -day living and when you realize actually that drive and energy is what you do with it is the pit of the trade-off and if we're not experiencing enough with it, we'll always have this dopamine quick fix that we're looking for. So what we've got to do is, what are you doing with your time that's actually inspiring you? Which is why we talk about the four key elements of your energy, your physical energy, your emotional energy, your mental energy, and your experience energy. Your physical energy, how much energy do you have to apply yourself to training and your steps and your day-to-day -day living? Your emotional energy, when you're sad, like, do things that make you happy. That's not food, okay? Let's get yourself uplifted. When you're having a long day at work, okay, and you've stretched yourself from pillar to post, what are you doing to unwind, okay? What are you doing to have fun? What are you doing silly, stupid? It just kind of makes you just laugh a little bit. Experience. Don't live in four walls, okay? There is a growing, uh, like in the, the especially in the younger generation, if I don't know if anybody's watched The Social Dilemma, it's a really good watch, um, but there is a growing increment with uh, mental health and 
people who live in a box, like they live in like playing games, social media, and just live in this box. And there's a growing uh, level of mental health with that because uh, Xbox screen time is becoming how people socialize. Uh, Social media is how people socialize. And it's like actually grow the exponential of you actually going out and experiencing, going and being social, actually remove the times you're actually involved like inside four walls and go and experience. And this is why we incorporate these into it, because this is the conundrum. And I know this is a roundabout way talking about weight fluctuations, but see, the thing is, if you drive up your emotional energy by going and doing things that make you feel happy, okay, if you drive up your mental energy to do things that stimulate you just feeling really good and experience energy and your physical energy, well, weight fluctuations happen be- like just because there's actually something going on in your body, but the f- appreciation is actually you're just driving forward with all the things that actually move the needle forward. And the big thing here is working on acceptance. Okay, if weight fluctu- weight is fluctuating, accept that there's going to be some changes that we need to make, okay? The first change is asking for help, okay? If we don't ask for help, we'll assume the direction that we need to go. Ask for help and expect challenges to be there. Accept that, okay, this week hasn't gone where I want it to be. So what can I do about this? Get curious, okay? The easiest thing in the world is when faced with a problem is to get pissed off, okay? That is the easy work, okay? It's throw the toys out the pram. The hard work begins when we apply the solution. And think about it even in a workforce. If you're the person who points out the problem, you're the person who gets capped in their career growth. The person who applies the solution is always a person who uh, grows in their career. It's exactly the same with your weight, okay? If you're wanting to see changes in your weight, it's not when we have a fluctuation, do we get frustrated? Yeah, of course we do. But what's the solution where you put involved? And that is where looking at going, right, well, steps, our training, our food choices, this week, this is why it happened. And this is where learning you as a person, what is the biggest barriers you face? Forecast your week and just look at your week and just go, what are the big barriers I'm going to face this week? So where do I need to be more organized? Because you don't get in, you, nobody gets in shape by chance. It is about how, where do we organize ourselves to be where we want to be? So guys, I hope that was quite a useful podcast because it does go into a little bit of depth of what do we need? What do we need to help you step forward, be your best? Um, and it may have triggered uh, thought-provoking moments. Um, it may have been kind of like, yeah, actually, there's a lot of things that I can take away from there. But the be all and end all is like, when it comes to body changes, body changes are the hardest things you'll ever incorporate in your life because it's going through every go-to habit uh, that we have. And it's not saying that they're wrong. It's valuing what is actually right for you, okay? Because we have go-to habits that are comfortable and we've got go-to habits that are right. And what we're doing is we're distinguishing the two. The go-to habits that are right for you, that help you, are the ones that we drive forward. The ones that are comfortable are the ones we challenge with our goal, okay? And if our goal is to see certain things, then the things that are right for you is like the overcoming is things like our comfort eating, things that are kind of the, I know what to do, but, not doing it, uh, the overcoming the kind of like the protection, the, in- the insecurities, that is where we overcome it. Okay, so this is where when it comes down to making changes, it is sometimes going to be frustrating, but weight fluctuations are probably one of the most frustrating things we'll ever come across. And on that, it doesn't mean that it's the breaking of you. Actually, it's the, it's the making of you because it's the opportunity, it's the information to say, look, okay, here's your lesson this week. The next week's going to be a win. And let's drive forward. And Callum made an epic share where Callum was living off of um, 
kind of like doing bits of tracking, not really doing bits of tracking, um, doing bits of his training. I, oh, I'm hitting my step count. Like I, I work all day. I'm on my feet all day. I, I hit my step count. And then we actually got Calm actually to build up the momentum. The reason that Calm struggled with it was because there was so much going on in his headspace that number achievements was actually overwhelming. And when we stripped it back, okay, so what are we doing so that it's achievable? And we just built up the momentum. And the first thing we actually did was stop Callum going hell for leather in his training because he was that was his insecurity was actually I'll push so hard in my training and he was burnt out so he didn't do anything else in the rest of the day. What we then started to do was taper that back so that he actually prioritized the other parts of his day. And it made him feel uncomfortable. But the th- difference was he had the energy to actually apply to his food, apply to his training. And he lost five kilos like just like that. And a large amount of it is that water weight we were talking about. And that's going to see that's showing you is actually when we make those changes and we overcome those insecurities, and that's just practicing acceptance. Okay, what's going well for me? What's not going so well? What's not going so well? This is my action plan of where I'm going to be. So, team, I hope that was helpful. I hope I know it was quite beefy, uh, quite long, but team. Appreciate every single one of you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. And let's have an absolute mega week this week and rock and roll. Woke up cold one Tuesday. I'm looking tired and feeling quite sick. I felt like there was something missing in my day-to-day life. So I quickly opened the Pulled out some jeans and a t-shirt that seemed clean Topped it off with a pair of old shoes that were ripped around the seams And I thought these shoes just don't suit me Hey, I put some new shoes on and suddenly everything's right I said, hey, I put some new shoes on and everybody's smiling It's so inviting, no short on money but long on I'm seeing stars as I'm rubbing my eyes And I felt like there were two days missing As I focused on the time Then I made my way to the kitchen But I had to stop from the shock of 